0: welcome to aaf district forecast the show that puts you in touch with advertising leaders emerging talent and industry news from across florida and the caribbean and now here are your hosts district 4 governor john ruff and communications co-chair jacob Edenfield. welcome to the first d forecast of 2022 i'm your current governor john ruff and to start things off for this year we're going to do it a little bit differently My co-host Jacob usually has a couple of interviews. However, he's going to delight us all with his trends and foresight into what you can expect for 2022 in the ad industry. After that, I sat down with current D4 Programs Chair Andrew Martineau to talk about why programs are so important, what drew him to programs, and what trends he sees for future programming. So get ready as we gaze into the future of advertising and 2022. Jacob, take it away.
1: Hey, District 4. Happy 2022. I'm glad to be back with you after the holidays. And, you know, this time of year, it's pretty tough to get people for interviews. So I thought for this January episode, I would do something a little bit different and give you some of my trends and predictions for the year ahead. So with that, let's jump into the first one. Number one trend I see ahead for 2022 for our industry is companies taking social media in-house. So this has already happened with a lot of really large companies and companies that are very active on social media. What I see for 2022 is this trend extending into smaller, mid-sized companies, people who have traditionally been using an out-of-house agency to run their social. So. Part of what I see driving this trend is that the Facebook ecosystem has made it incredibly easy to do good social media marketing. Or I should say, actually, it's made it very easy to feel like you're doing good social media marketing. So the business manager tool is very uplifting, very validating, definitely makes you feel as if you're making progress towards your goals. Whether or not that's true is something to be debated another day. But I think it's a big driver of this trend that we're going to see in the coming year. So that may mean it's not the best year for social media creativity, what we would call in basketball terms a rebuilding year. So maybe we don't expect the greatest creative quality as people are learning new brands and headcounts change and things like that. But I would expect this trend to continue until most social media is handled internally by companies. Okay, number two trend, the reemergence of humor. I gotta tell you for my bit, I'm very excited and hopeful that this trend actually comes true. You know, at some point, our nation's gonna have to reckon with the loss of more than 800,000 souls over the last couple of years, but probably not while we're still actively living through the pandemic. So I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's tired of the saccharine sweet spots and the overly earnest appeals to my better nature. Sometimes when the world is burning down around you, it helps to laugh. And I think that funny marketing is in for a resurgence this year. Everyone I talk to is feeling maybe a little bit burnout, maybe a little bit punchy. And sometimes that's a combination, in my experience, that turns into funny Uh, So I'm hoping that people find a creative outlet for their complicated feelings that turns into funny marketing in the year ahead. That would be a real treat. Okay, trend number three that I'm expecting to see for our industry is the Great Resignation 2.0. So there was a decent amount of upheaval and turnover on agency rosters in the last three quarters of 2021, but I'm expecting another mass exodus for our industry is coming soon. So I bet a lot of you listening are already actively thinking about what your next job is going to be, and those who aren't are maybe sticking around to see if promised raises or bonuses materialize in this first quarter of the new year. I hope for all of your sakes, listeners, that you get exactly what you're asking for, but that may not be the case for everyone. And as that transpires, I expect a fairly healthy exodus from a lot of agencies of all sizes over the next three, four months going from January through maybe April, we're going to see a lot of churn, a lot of people uh, leaving one agency and coming to another. But like with all major headcount events that happen in our industry, sometimes people just don't come back. So we saw this in 2008, 2009 after the Great Recession. I would expect that we'll see at least some shrink in the overall headcount of our industry over the next 12 months as a result of this second wave of the Great Resignation. Okay, on to happier topics with trend number four, big broadcast spots. So if you work at all in production as part of your day job, what you probably experience is fairly iffy production over the last 24 months. Uh, Schedule shifting, travel restrictions, especially anything that had to do with destinations has been pretty challenging over the last two years. So this, I think, is the year where things finally start to open back up. I expect to see some really high production eye candy over the next 12 months. But not only that, but some things that are really out there. So to give you an example, you don't actually have to go to the surface of Bespin from Star Wars or to the Alps or to the jungles of Costa Rica to get that feeling on film. There's a studio over in Tampa called Diamond View, and their new View studio makes all of that and more possible. It's got 270 degrees of LED walls, that can be loaded with real footage or anything created in Unreal Engine. So it makes it possible to be shooting in Tampa, but actually look like it's anywhere in the world. So that, combined with the pent-up appetite for destination productions and really bombastic stuff on film, I think is going to lead to a really strong 12 months of broadcast advertising. On a similar topic, trend number five for this coming year, escapism. So I expect to see a lot of this in 2022. Our country isn't necessarily locking down like a lot of other nations right now, but there's new variants on the loose and that certainly put a damper on getting out, reinvigorating our kind of waning social lives. So with that thirst to get out and produce some stuff and also the thirst for exploration and just something new and novel, I think all of those things are going to come together and create a lot of escapist marketing in the next year. We're talking fanciful settings, digital diversions, online activations, anything that people can do to trick us all into imagining we're doing anything but being trapped in the same four walls for a little while, I think is going to be a really big trend in the year ahead. And that brings us to our final trend from yours truly for 2022, VR as a marketing vehicle. So if you're not familiar with it, VML YNR just shot a major holiday spot in VR, and the Oculus Quest 2, or I guess we call it the MetaQuest 2, is this year's national student advertising competition client. You should also know, if you're not a big tech industry watcher, that that MetaQuest 2 device has sold enough units this holiday season to put the Oculus app at the top of the App Store charts on Christmas Day. And even prior to that, the MetaQuest 2 had sold more than all other VR headsets in history combined. So with millions of these units out in homes, travel still kind of intermittent and interrupted, potential sales applications that can't happen at trade shows or expos or anything like that, I think a lot of those opportunities are going to start migrating towards VR. A lot of agency creatives, technologists, and things maybe didn't have access to this technology or it wasn't as ubiquitous. And that always provides a barrier to adoption. But I think now with this device living in millions of homes, many of them of agency people, that is going to dissolve. And this is probably the year that we're going to see a really big groundbreaking usage of VR in the B2B or the consumer space. So that's a little bit of what I'm expecting to see over the next 12 months. But I would love to hear what you all have to say. So go to our website. AAFdistrict4.org and look for the blog post about 2022 trends. I really want to hear what you all think. And again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We can't wait to bring you more great new stuff in the coming year.
0: Programs and education are core missions for AAF. We do this in a number of ways, which includes our recent AdPath program, where we had speakers from Google, Airbnb, Starmark, and others who spoke to students across the district, dishing out information about how to get ready for a career in advertising. We also have other program initiatives, including our free monthly Attitude, which is a digital programming event running from March to October. And then we also have our in-person Attitude, which will take place on April 22nd in Orlando as part of our district annual conference at the Rosen Shingle Creek. And at the center of it all is our district programs chair, Andrew Martineau. Thanks for joining me today, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: Um, I am a creative problem solver. Um, you know, I, I've been in the ad industry for about 24 plus years, uh, working for a host of local and multinational agencies and, and eventually having my own agency as well. And um, at my agency, we find like creative solutions for our clients through uh, integrated offering of services and divisions that benefit them by ways of notoriety, innovation, and profit. Um, Over the last 20 years, we've collectively garnered experience in advertising, design, marketing, consulting, public relations, event production, and digital marketing. And, um, you know, all these experiences really influence our thought process in kind of finding those uh, creative solutions for our clients. And, uh, in the last four years, I'd say we, uh, started several other businesses, you know, specifically created to solve some of those problems, particularly in the arts and culture space.
0: Nice. So you're, you're a serial entrepreneur is what you're saying?
2: Uh, I am. I am.
0: So <laughs> what was your first gig in advertising?
2: Um, my first gig in advertising was at a local advertising agency in Miami. Uh, right out of college, I was uh, fortunate enough to get with a local agency there in Miami called Taglarino Advertising Group uh, many, many moons ago.
0: Did you thought you'd made it?
2: Yeah, like, pretty much, man. Um, no, I mean it. It was great to to kind of you know get into the industry right out of college. Um, you know, I'm originally from Trinidad, so coming over here, I kind of went through that whole process of you know securing a job and getting sponsored and all those various things that. Um, Many immigrants kind of go through um, getting into various industries um, that they've kind of studied on.
0: How did you get involved with AAF and then how did that lead you to where you are today on the district level?
2: Um, So at that same agency, at my first job out of college, the owner of the agency was the president of the Advertising Federation of Miami. And, um, at the time, um ad to Miami was defunct. It, it hadn't been in operation for a couple of years. And so he asked if I would restart it as a uh, president of Ad to Miami. So, uh, I got right in <laughs> right out of college at my first job um and restarting ad to Miami.
0: Wow. And then, did you become president of an ad club as well after ad two?
2: Yeah, after Add to Miami, um, I was living in Miami at the time, and I moved up to Fort Lauderdale. um, And then I got asked to start Add to Fort Lauderdale, which I did. So I founded and started Add to Fort Lauderdale, and then subsequently became um, uh, Add to fundraising chair on a national level. And then eventually, uh, AEF, at the time, Fort Lauderdale's president.
0: So you're a serial ad club starter, too.
2: (laughs) I I am. I am. I've I've started quite a few ad clubs (laughs) and been president several times. I think I've been trying to get the record, Um, and I think I've gotten it. And I'm hoping that somebody else is able to uh, surpass me. (laughs) That's awesome. That's
0: so cool. So you're currently our D four program chair. You've been doing it for what three years now? Yes. Yes. Uh, So what what has drawn you to to programs?
2: Um, I'll say, as a member, the programs that the organization produces um, has been a real integral part in in my career in the industry. Um, and then, as a former president, I believe it's like one of the most important benefits to justify membership in the organization.
0: like you just said, it it's been instrumental for you in learning and and learning about the industry. And you know, I think like what we did for adpath and and bringing out these speakers to talk to students and and you know, doing the same thing, and just essentially how how it has helped you now here you are giving back again. And I, I just I just love that.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, um, AF has been has been great for me. I mean, I've met some really incredible people um, over the years, um, not just here in Florida, but all over the country through through the organization's reach. And you know, I think it's, it's super important to be able to kind of offer that to members or anyone really interested in advertising in a serious way. Um, the organization just has so many opportunities for kind of growth in the career, um, and it's certainly why I'm still involved. Um, I definitely see the benefits in the organization, not just for me, but also for others kind of coming up after me.
0: So we've talked a little bit about the evolution of programming, you know, from like, you know, when you started and how it's helped you over time. So what are, what are the current trends and, and programming that you're seeing?
2: Um, obviously since COVID, I mean, a lot of programs have gone virtual, um, you know, through video conferencing. And uh, I certainly see now as things have opened up in in many places, people are either going back to in-person or doing a hybrid version of both virtual and in-person. So, you know, being able to have someone on a screen doing a talk in an in-person environment and kind of switching that up with an in-person person as well. So I kind of see the hybrid version of programming kind of becoming something that's going to be, you know, continue to be popular.
0: Yeah, how about the topics?
2: Um, I think I think the topics range quite considerably. Um, you know, the industry has been changing uh, quite a bit. I'd say you know, from the days of radio, print, TV, um, you know, with online and digital and social, and you know, a new app or a new platform coming out, you know, on a regular basis. I think um, the the future is really kind of looking at like how we're able to kind of use these new technologies to be able to offer advertising and reach customers. You know, when you start looking at things like, you know, the whole metaverse, which is gonna be a whole new animal that uh, I think uh, is going to kind of open up the world for a bunch of different sorts of interactions and giving, you know, creative problem-solvers like myself, Uh, new problems to solve and new ways to be able to kind of utilize technology like that to be able to reach customers and benefit clients by, uh, you know, innovation and profit. You know,
0: from my perspective, you know, being on AdPath, seeing that speaker that you brought in who helps people advance their careers and get noticed on TikTok. Yeah. What an eye opener. I mean, I've, it's nothing that I would have ever sought out, but you know, being a part of the audience and and listening to his story and seeing all the work that he does and the careers that he's advancing. I mean, that was just it was an eye opener for me.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I was I was in shock myself too. Um, you know, n- not that I hadn't heard of TikTok before, but like getting an idea of like what these guys are, are making on these platforms, and then you know, looking at how he've kind of he's kind of taken his uh, public relations background. And uh, kind of gone into a new industry, specifically on a focus of TikTok creators. And so, when you start looking at it from an overall advertising standpoint, um, you have all these other kind of like channels now that uh, you can really reach customers. I mean, obviously, some of these guys have a million followers plus, and you know, looking at like the influence they have over obviously the people that follow them. Uh, just really adds a whole nother thing into the marketing mix for for many of us advertisers. Talk to me about a program that you've been involved with that, that you've attended,
0: whether in person or virtual, like maybe in the past year, year and a half, that's really impacted you and why.
2: Wow, um, uh, that, that's that's a good question. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been enjoying the monthly attitude uh, programs that, that we've been putting on for AF on a monthly basis. Um, I brought in um, a speaker called Shavara Oren um, that was a speaker on um, diversity and inclusion, and I thought her workshop on our program was really well done, and um, I, th- I think it kind of like touched people in a really, really great way uh, to be able to kind of get people to, to see things from a different perspective.
0: I noticed that that program, particularly how everyone really spoke up more in that program, and it could be because she was so great at what she does. I mean, she made it very comfortable. Almost everyone spoke up and talked.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's a really unique skill set that 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 she has. Um, I think, you know, obviously the topic is is not the most comfortable topic to speak about. But I think um, being able to obviously give people to be honest with their responses and be able to address people's honest responses are real key. And I think she's been really good at, like, trying to do those kind of things. Um, you know, obviously she's she's got a ton of experience doing it. And, um, you know, obviously her dad's, you know... Martin Luther King's right hand. And so she's really kind of grown up in the conversation um, and obviously kind of uh, offers a lot of these kind of programs and opportunities to various companies. So talk a little bit about the in-person attitude at the
0: district annual conference, you know, uh, what it is and maybe a, a sneak preview as to what we can expect
2: sure um so the you know the in-person attitude is going to be obviously the in-person version of a monthly attitude where we kind of you know feature a different speaker in various you know topics that are important to the industry um we're looking to do a very similar thing however in person uh the plan is to look at some agencies that have kind of been in ad ages agency of the year um kind of competition in terms of where when they they kind of select who the top agencies around are, um, so we're going to look at finding some of those speakers in that space, um, particularly in the small agency category, uh, where a lot of our members and our member clubs members uh, have uh, the agencies in terms of size. You know, looking back at so you
0: you know you're you're talking about bringing in these speakers from these agencies, and and I look back at the AdPath. At the speakers you brought in, and then looking back at the, the monthly attitude speakers that you booked, how does one become so well-connected, Andrew? Uh,
2: <laughs> I would say it's really um, kind of keeping abreast of kind of what's going on in the industry. Obviously, AF has been a major, major part of uh, the connections I've made. Um, I would say um, probably about 99% of the speakers on that particular panel I've met through AAF um, in, in various various levels. Um, also, some of the speakers were some that I've kind of mentored and kind of worked with in some of my advising with some um, colleges locally. And LinkedIn, man, um, so if I find an article on a topic of, um, from a speaker or an upcoming talk I would usually uh, try to see if I could find that speaker on LinkedIn, try to connect with them and, you know, kind of engage with them in a conversation. A lot of times, obviously, a lot of these people would love to be able to have opportunities to speak. Uh, And so I try to find things that I'm very interested in or things I want to learn about. And then I try to find the experts in those those fields um, through LinkedIn, make those connections. And then when an opportunity comes to be able to kind of have them speak to our group, I kind of reach out and then offer them the opportunity. So, I mean, that's kind of been it. I mean, um, I am doing something in the arts, um, cause I produce a full auto art and design week, um, every January. And, I found a fast company article on this, uh, Nigerian illustrator that, um, is kind of raising funds to go to school for neurosurgery and He is creating illustrations of um, uh, medical diagrams with black uh, people. So it's something that obviously nobody ever thinks about. Um, I had never thought about, but all of the books in medical books, all of the people in the books are, you know, all of one race, I would say. And, um, so this illustrator is basically illustrating all these, uh, kind of things, uh, with, um, black individuals, you know, in, in these illustrations. So it was a fast company article and he was kind of written up in a couple other articles. So found him online on LinkedIn and, uh, engaged in conversation. And so I'm actually going to be doing a talk with him in January. And um, looking to actually raise funds for him for him to go to school. So, so curiosity and LinkedIn is
0: is the key, huh? Oh,
2: 100%, man, <laughs> 100%. The world's gotten a whole lot smaller with LinkedIn. I mean, you could reach out to a CEO, you know. Hopefully, he he's, he he accepts your connection and <laughs> you know engage in a conversation. But you know. Uh, LinkedIn has certainly made the world smaller, and uh, I really appreciate that platform for that, for sure.
0: Well, um, you know, I was programs chair before you. Uh, I know it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but you've done a fantastic job. And I know I speak on behalf of of D4 as well as National and and, and the membership here in D4 that, you know, we appreciate your efforts and and it doesn't go unnoticed, man. You you do a really great job and we appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you. I mean, I I had really big shoes to fill with yours. (laughs) So, you know, um, it was it was rough, man, you know, trying to uh, step into your shoes. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully I did okay. Um, and, and I certainly really appreciate the opportunity. I mean, I really dig events and programs. And as I mentioned, I think it's a really key part of, uh, what we offer to members in general. Um, you know, and I think the more people that are able to dial into the programs that we produce, um, the better it's going to be for, for them, you know, career wise and the advancement of their careers for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you've
0: given some really great insights today, and, you know, the programming you provide is fantastic, and we really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you being on the on the show today.
2: All right, John. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Thanks. You too. Have a good one.
0: That wraps up this month's episode of the AAF District Forecast. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for What's New in District 4.